When his love is real, then hers is all he needs. His is an acronym for humility, intercession, sacrifice, and service. And then hers is an acronym for humility, empathy, respect, and submission. So when his love is real, hers is all he needs. Let's talk about that. Welcome to Emotional Damage, a podcast about men for men. My goal is to help you do love and life better by healing old wounds and maturing as men. I am Clifton Brantley, and I am your host for this amazing podcast. Man, last week, I talked about the idea of loving your wife the way Christ loved the church. So in this episode, uh, I want to do I want to go a little deeper explaining what that looks like. See, now, when I teach marriage, I teach principles from a biblical perspective, right? Now, I'm not trying to get you to like the Bible, read the Bible, become Christian, or go to church, even though I believe all those are good, right? Uh, But when it comes to marriage, marriage is God's idea. And so my perspective on marriage is a God perspective, and that's where I teach from. But the fact that the fact that marriage is God's idea means that marriage is a natural relationship with supernatural significance. A natural relationship with supernatural significance. Isn't it interesting that marriage is the first relationship God created? Not only it is, is not only is it the first relationship he created, It's the only relationship that God himself created, right? So that tells me that marriage is quite different from other relationships. See, marriage is the most intimate relationship that we'll ever encounter on the planet. Do you realize that marriage is the place that God ordained life to be created, right? Like that's God God ordained marriage. That they're supposed to come together and create life. Now, we've messed that up, right? We have babies out of wedlock and all of that. And I'm judging, I'm not judging anyone, but I'm talking about God's original design. It was for life to be created in the marriage, right? Our going against God's design does not mean that his design has changed. When we talk about being a husband, we have to look at the creator of marriage and what he says about marriage, right? And what he says about being a husband. First of all, let me say this. I say this often in my office. Uh, The only person on the planet that needs a wife, I mean, sorry, that needs a husband is a wife, okay? The only person on the planet who needs a husband is a wife. That means that whatever a man does, while he is operating in his husband role, is for the wife. Now, a man, uh, he, he is not always operating in his husband role, even though he may always be a husband. But when he's specifically operating in the husband role, all of that is for the wife. So here's what, here's what God says to husbands about husbands. It says, husbands, love your wives 
the way Christ loved the church, and he gave himself up for her. Now, to understand what this means, we have to understand how Christ loved the church. See? Okay, so first we see that love is an action. Why do we say that? Because he gave, right? Love is an action. As a matter of fact, uh, let's establish a working definition of love to make sure we are on the same page when I say we're talking about love, okay? So love is sacrificial action for the benefit of the receiver of love, okay? Love is sacrificial action for the benefit of the receiver of love. So love does what is best for the other, not necessarily what the other wants, right? Don't forget that. So sometimes, like for example, if your spouse is an alcoholic or, or you feel like they have a drinking problem and you're on the way home from work and they say, hey babe, you'll stop at the corner store and get me a beer. Your answer, your love answer is no. Why? Because love does what is best for the other, not just what they want. Right. So if we are going to love our wives the way Christ loved the church, then what do we do? Well, you have to have a husband mindset. Right. A husband mindset. So I created I created this acronym to help you remember the four characteristics of this husband mindset. And those four characteristics are humility, intercession, sacrifice and service. I also created one for the women, too, uh, and that acronym is uh, HERS. HERS stands for Humility, Empathy, Respect, and Submission. But uh, since this is a podcast for men, I'll talk about the women on YouTube or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, so let's talk about these four characteristics of the husband mindset. Okay, these four characteristics. So the first one is humility. This is the number one characteristic of a husband, right? Actually, it's the number one characteristic of anybody in marriage, husband or wife, but we're talking about husbands. So husbands, humility is your number one characteristic, right? Without humility, you will not be able to love your wife at the deepest level. Now, you want a good example for humility? Here's one. It says in Philippians, you must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God, something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. What I just quoted for you is the picture of humility that husbands are supposed to walk in. That, that's the picture of humility we're supposed to walk in. The problem is, the problem is a lot of us men, we're not willing to walk in that kind of humility. Like it said, it said to give up, he gave up his divine privileges. So are you saying like, sometimes I got to give up things that I desire and that I want for my wife? Yes. If it, if, it, if it is something that's in the love house, right? And I can't go deep into that right now, but if it's in the love category, yes, you might have to give up your desires to walk in that kind of humility. But the thing is, I was saying, uh, what makes it difficult for us men 
to walk in that, it is because we have fallen in love with our own desires and the way we think marriage should work. Like we we have an idea of the kind of husband we want to be. But I already told you, the only person who needs a husband is a wife. You're not a wife, you're a husband. So trying to be the kind of husband you want to be is pointless. You're not your husband, right? Now, when it comes to humility, I want you to know there is no middle ground, okay? Either you're walking in humility or you're walking in pride. Pride is at the root of 100% of divorces, right? As a matter of fact, you can't love anyone without humility. Let me tell you what pride, so, so I always tell people, love is not about you, love is about the person you're loving, okay? But pride, pride is about you. Pride is about my needs, my wants, my hurts, my desires. You can't walk in love and pride at the same time. You're gonna do one or the other. So if pride is at the root of 100% of divorces, and if pride is only looking out for me, uh, can't, so I don't know if you've heard this, this scripture in the text. Uh, it says, pride goes before destruction. Do you know why that is? I'm going to tell you. The reason that when you're walking in pride, if you don't change quickly, you end up in destruction. It's because pride dresses itself up to look like righteousness. Pride, when I, what I mean by that is when you're walking in pride, it feels like you're doing the right thing. It feels like you're going the right way, but you're not. And you only find out that you're going the wrong way when destruction shows up. I say that's too late, right? So you want to embrace humility. You want to talk. So, so let's define humility. Define humility. Humility is a modest view of one's own importance. A modest view of one's own importance. It does not mean to think less of yourself, but it does mean to think of yourself less. Like, you know, I tell folk, uh, like when you're out in public, you're worrying about, you know, who's looking at you and who's judging you and who's like nobody. You know why? Because they're too busy thinking the same thing you're thinking. They're thinking about themselves like you're thinking about yourself. That's like we are selfish creatures. So if you're going to live a life of humility, you got to be intentional about living in humility. When you live a life of humility as a husband, your wife will feel like you guys are equal. And well, you are equal, right? But I'm saying when you when you when you walk in humility, she can feel it. When you walk in pride, she's going to feel uh, like she's beneath you. The, watch this. The reason that sinners like being around Jesus was because he did not make them feel like they were beneath him. Like he, he, he was an humble person. But in his humility, I kind of addressed this last week also, in his humil humility, he was not a weak man, right? You don't crucify wimps. You just run them out of town. Jesus confronted people to their face and with authority. When they did put hands on him, he let it happen and he was still in control. Since God created us, husband and wife, since God created us to be equal, you will automatically get a better wife when you treat her as an equal partner. 
And the only way you're going to do that is by living a life of humility. For me personally, the truth is, I'll be honest, uh, I haven't done a great job at making my wife feel equal. Right. I haven't done a great job. Now, in my eyes, we are equal. Always have been, always will be like I'm smart, like I know we're equals, but because of the way my wife sees me. She may think that she is lower than me. If she does, then that means I haven't done a good job of overcoming her self-doubt. Now, you may you may be saying, uh, wait a minute. If the reason that she sees, I mean, so the reason that she sees you the way that she does is because of her own mindset, then why do you have to go above and beyond to make sure or to not to make sure, but to overcome her mindset? Like it's her mindset. Why don't she fix it? Why do you have to go above and beyond to get her the message that she's an equal? Well, that, my friend, is the whole purpose of humility, right? It means that uh, sometimes you can take a back seat even when she's not seen clearly. Fellas, you got to remember that when you married her, you married her as is. And you said you were going to love her for better or for worse. Now, I understand. <laughs> this is funny. Uh, uh. I tell folk this all the time in my office uh, and and they don't like it when I say this, but it's true. Right. Uh, I understand that that uh, you had no idea of what worse looked like when you committed to it. But the thing is, you committed to it. You said that you were going to love her when worse showed up. OK, so here's what Peter said. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live with as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your watch this equal partner. Equal partner in God's gift of new life. Here's the important part. Well, all of it is important, but uh, pay particular attention to this. Treat her as you should. So that your prayers will not be hindered. He said, live with her in an understanding way and then treat her as she should, as you should, so that God will pick up the phone when you call. Like, if, if, you're, if, if you feel like you're praying and you feel like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, first thing to check is, how am I treating my wife? It's so interesting to me. And I'm, look, I'm not judging anyone and I am not by far perfect. Like I can call my wife in here and she'll let you know, I ain't nowhere near perfect, but it is so interesting to me when pastors come into my office and when I hear the way they treat their wives, I'm like, how are you standing in front of folk preaching the gospel? And your wife is looking like this emotionally and mentally, but that's a, again, another topic for another day. So uh, live with your wife in an understanding way. Here's the thing. You knew that your wife came with all of what she came with when you chose her. Yeah, you knew. And guess what? If you didn't know, that's on you. Like 
You made the choice now. It's time for you to man up and become a husband. Right? Become a husband. Love her in humility. And sometimes we husbands have to love our wives from brokenness to wholeness. Why? Because you chose her before the time was ready. That's on you. You can't throw her back. Now you got to love her. And you can, with God's help, from brokenness to wholeness. Okay? Now, that's humility. The second, the second characteristic of this husband mindset is intercession. Right? Intercession. Now, as a husband who is going to love like Jesus, you will need to intercede for your wife often. You have to do that often. Now, watch this. I don't mean just intercessory prayer, right? Uh, no, no, no. I absolutely mean um, your behavior. So, so intercessory prayer, yes, do pray for your wife daily, okay? But the word intercede means to intervene between parties with a view to reconciling differences, right? Like two people got an issue to, to intercede means to get in between them and try to reconcile that thing, right? So that means that when your wife is mistreating her husband, thereby making herself out of God's will, you, the husband, will intervene or intercede to help her get back on track with God, not necessarily with you. Because if she get on track with God, you'll be taken care of, right? So that means that you will either let your love cover her sin or you will have an adult conversation with her speaking the truth in love but either way you're going to address it right being silent is not an option for this kind of husband it's, it's not an option but that means also that you need to know how to communicate like you got to make sure you need to make sure you have good communication skills because if you are going to speak the truth in love you got to know how to speak Right. You just you can't just understand the concept. You got to be able to speak. You got to be able to speak the truth. OK. Now. Uh, but, you know, so let me say this, you know, a, a more practical way. A more practical way to intercede for your wife. Is by uh, stepping in and taking her place with the kids sometimes. Right taking her place, interceding for her, taking her place at the grocery store, like, you know, like twice a quarter or something, more if possible, but at least twice a quarter, okay? Take her place, take your wife's place in whatever areas she tells you she needs a replacement. Now, I understand that some men have set their lives up to where their job gets most of their time and they're not able to give to their wives that much of themselves. Like, like I have people who come in with jobs where they're working, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And so because they work so much, they can't invest in their wife. That's tragic because um, the thing that your marriage needs or the thing that your wife needs and your children, but the thing that your wife needs is time with you. So you got to intercede for your wife. By the way, when you do pray for your wife, pray for her emotional health, right? Pray for her mental health. And then every now and then ask her if she has anything that 
that she would like for you to pray about. Now, now listen, listen, listen to what I'm saying, brothers. I'm giving you some some game for the bedroom, to be honest. Like you don't understand how when your wife knows that you're praying for her, I promise you she think that's sexy. Like she does. Just just ask her. Now, you got to be praying for her, but you know, ask her, babe, you know, is there is there anything that you would like for me to pray for you about? And then make sure you pray about the thing. You can pray with her there or you can pray in your own prayer time, but ask her and see what happens. Like 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 and and then report back to me and tell me if I'm lying. Cuz <laughs> just yeah, test me in this as God would say. All right. So, the third characteristic. Third characteristic is sacrifice. Sacrifice means to die to self, right? So if you uh when we sacrifice animals, the animal is no more, right? But but so we're not to literally kill ourselves for our wives. That's not what it's saying. But but so Paul says, present your body a living sacrifice. And I know that sounds like an oxymoron, right? Living and sacrifice don't go together. But it's because the sacrifice is spiritual. So you've heard you've probably heard this before. People say it all the time, but it is true. Uh, you have to die to self daily. Why? Because that's the only way you're going to be able to walk in humility, because humility means I don't see myself as the end all be all know it all. Right. So if I'm sacrificed again, I'm dying to myself daily. Now I can love my wife from this humility place. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. So. Now, sometimes you have to sacrifice what you want for what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, just like it said that Jesus uh, gave up his divine uh, privileges. Sometimes you got to sacrifice what you want for she, what she wants. For example, if you can't agree on where to go eat, you can sacrifice your desire to eat at your favorite restaurant for hers. Like it's not going to kill you. Right. You want to go to two different places for vacation. You can sacrifice your desire for hers. Now, you determine when and where you sacrifice. OK, so for me, I gauge it by the level of happiness, joy and mostly benefit. It'll be for her. Mostly the benefit like. That's how I gauge whether or not I'm, I want to, you know, am I going, do I need to sacrifice here or not? Right. Because we're not required to sacrifice any and everything. Like we're a human being and I'm not going into all that, but uh, you determine what you sacrifice. But if you're walking in humility and you're dying to self and you've committed yourself to interceding, you'll be able to determine when you should be sacrificing for your wife. Yeah. Like, like, like for me. I would choose. I, I would. I would sacrifice choosing the vacation location. Just to use that as an example, I'd sacrifice because I. So I'm one of those kind of brothers. I like being involved in like deciding where we're going and what we're gonna do. Right. I'm not the kind of just hands off. You just plan everything and we're gonna. You know. So, uh, but I would. I would sacrifice choosing the vacation location forever if it meant that my wife would be all that God made her to be. You see how see how how big a benefit that is? Like I'd sacrifice, I'd sacrifice a big thing to get a big thing. I'm just saying, like, 
you know. So as you gauge your as you gauge your sacrifice, that's why that's why I gave you that example. So um, also, here's something else. Here's something else that every husband has to sacrifice. Okay, you have to sacrifice your idea of the kind of husband you want to be. Yeah, you have to sacrifice your idea of the kind of husband you want to be. The Bible says he gave up his divine privileges. Like I've said that three times because that's so fascinating to me. Like he was equal with God. And because of the great benefit we were going to get, he gave all he had, which was his life. So let me tell you this, husbands. As a husband, no one in your house should give more than you. And no one in your house should sacrifice more than you. You are the husband. Don't forget that. Okay? All right. Now, the fourth characteristic, the last one is service. Service. You can see how all of these are intertwined, right? It's like it's difficult to do one without the other three. And really, it's difficult to do any of the bottom three without the top one, which is humility. Okay? Now, so, uh, service. So, to love your wife the way Christ loved the church, you will have to be a servant of your wife. Yes, I know all of your life you've been taught that the wife is supposed to serve the husband, but I'm not talking about fixing plates. Like, I'm talking about servant leadership. Servant leadership. The truth is, the truth is, uh, you guys are supposed to serve one another, but her serving you is not your business. That's, that's her business. That's between her and God, right? Your business is serving her and doing that well, right? It is your role, husband, to make life as comfortable for your wife as you can. Now, I'm not saying you remove responsibility from her. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, you become a people pleaser and you keep her from the consequences of life that God has ordained to teach her certain lessons. Right. But in your wisdom, there are some things you protect her from. And your goal is to help her have as comfortable of a life as you can within your ability. Right. That is why that is why you got to be careful of who you marry. Like, you got to be careful of who you marry. You feel me? Because who you marry may make all of this way more difficult. But it don't change the requirement. Like, it's, it stays the same. The requirement stays the same. Let me give you a picture of service. So in John 13, Jesus shows us what love looks like when we serve. It says, that Jesus got up from the table, put a towel around his waist, took a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet. But I noticed, I noticed what it did not say, right? It did not say that anyone asked Jesus to wash their feet. He got up and served them on his own. Listen, don't always wait for your wife to ask to be served, right? Don't, don't just volunteer. If you see a service need, then serve. But watch this. It also does not say 
that he skipped over Judas. Mm. Yeah, so, so you mean to tell me that Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him that night and he still washed his feet? That's like, like, like Jesus washed his feet so he can go do dirt with clean feet. I know that, that might not make sense. I'm, that's probably corny. But I'm just saying, like, you know this brother finna betray you. And you washing his feet? Yes, sir. He washed his feet. Talk about humility. See, sometimes you have to serve your wife when it seems like she is against you. That's not, that, that doesn't sound fun or popular, right? But sometimes you got to serve your wife when she's against you. And I know, I know, I know this is completely contrary to what the culture says or expects. But marriage is not the culture's idea. It is God's idea. The point that I'm making is, although your wife is not your enemy, there are times when it feels like she is. And in those times, she still needs your service of love. Now, you may be asking, uh, how did he connect Jesus washing their feet with love? Well, because if you keep reading, Jesus says, uh, now he says this, now I'm giving you a new commandment. Now, why did he say a new commandment? Because Jesus had talked about love before, but he's giving them a new commandment. What he's saying is, I'm giving you a new way to love because Jesus hadn't done this exactly before. He says, uh, Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. Now, he said this right after he had just modeled for them service by washing their feet. So, as a matter of fact, even in that, even in that text, he says, if I, your master, can wash your feet, then surely you can wash each other's feet. Right? So, if you're going to be the kind of husband that is needed for a thriving marriage, then you need to embrace and embody these four characteristics. Humility, intercession, sacrifice, and service. Right? The scripture says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Guys, I'm telling you, this works. And, and when I say this works, because, you know, we're, we're, as men, we we want we want functional things. OK, so how does this work? How, I put A, B and C in, then I'm going to get D. OK, like we it's so funny when brothers come in, into the office, they be wanting a list. OK, so tell me what I got to do to get out of trouble. Just give me the list. All right. What, what's the list? All right. Life is not about a list. But I'm telling you what I just gave you as far as loving your wife. I'm not saying that it's easy. As a matter of fact, it's extremely difficult. I'm walking it out myself. It ain't easy. Because I'm going to whisper this part because I don't want women to hear me. Women are crazy. Like, like, bro, like, man, hey, women are crazy. Don't tell, nobody, don't tell my wife I said that. Okay. So uh, this works because it's how God designed it to work. Right? Like, who taught you how to do marriage? Nobody. Exactly. That's the same person that taught everybody. So you may as well go to the creator of marriage so you can understand how to do marriage effectively. Because, look, 
If it's going to be difficult anyway, and I can assure you it is because that's a whole nother broken human being just like you. So it's going to be difficult. If it's going to be difficult either way, I'd rather it be difficult doing it God's way instead of my way, because at least with God's way, I have some hope. I have some promises. I have some good things to look forward to. If I'm doing it my way, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. Ain't no telling what's going to happen. I hope this was helpful for you. And I do hope, I really do hope that I have inspired you to love your wife the way God intended because marriage is God's idea. So remember, when his love is real, then hers is all he needs. And that's a wrap. <laughs>